and welcome to Adult Human Female, a feminist podcast exploring news and events that are significant to women's rights. I'm your host, Ellie Ellis. There's a lot to report on over the last two weeks, two and a half weeks, and I know I've been a bit AWOL for a while, but um, I've just been busy, been processing stuff, trying to figure out how best to continue to sort of serve you guys and cover everything that needs covering. So I want to make sure I cover as much as I can because a lot's happened over the last two and a half weeks. But this podcast is mostly going to focus on Breonna Taylor and Black Lives Matter. I don't have a huge platform, but I know there are people out there listening from all around the world. And it's important to acknowledge that something seriously needs to shift in our society. I've spent 27 episodes speaking passionately about women's rights, and that won't stop. But as a white person, I also need to speak more about racism and my complicity in the systemic racism in my country and many other countries around the world. Um, I'll also put some links in the show notes for further reading and resources, including podcasts led by Black Voices. So here are the headlines. After Liz Truss announced that the government in the UK would be looking to preserve women's rights to single-sex spaces such as toilets, apparently many trans people announced they would leave the country. Yeah. (laughs) Transgender Trend announced the release of a thorough analysis of Stonewall Schools guidance, which is excellent, and I will link to that in the show notes Uh, If you have children in school in the UK, please take a look at it and please do get in touch with your school, with your MP, whoever you need to in order to make sure that your children are not (laughs) being taught some of the stuff in the Stonewall school's guidance because it is horrendous. Maya Forstatter, who lost her job last year over her views on sex and gender, is collecting personal stories from women who hold the same beliefs about how and why they've spoken up. Again, the link will be in the show notes. Um, Really good thing to contribute to if you can. An NHS child psychiatrist has avoided jail despite possessing multiple images of child pornography. Dr Andrew Marsden, who worked at an NHS adolescent mental health treatment centre, admitted he had a fetish for child abuse images and viewed it to help him ease stress. The Duke of York has sought to falsely portray himself as eager to cooperate with an inquiry into sex offender Jeremy Epstein, the US prosecutor in charge of the investigation has said. US attorney Jeffrey Berman said Prince Andrew has repeatedly declined our request to schedule an interview. The so-called honour killing last month of 14-year-old Romina Ashrafi in Iran has shaken the country and set off a nationwide debate over the rights of women and children and the failure of the country's social, religious and legal systems to protect them. She was killed by her father with a farming sickle because she was planning to run off with her 29-year-old boyfriend. Dinesia Clark, a high school senior from South Carolina, was prevented from taking the stage to receive her graduation certificate at her graduation ceremony because she was wearing trousers. The school issued a statement saying their dress code has been in place for 20 years and refused to acknowledge that they were discriminating against this young black lesbian. Kathleen Lowry, an academic at the University of Alberta, has been fired from her role as Associate Chair of Undergraduate Programmes in the Department of Anthropology 
for saying that biological sex is real. Her students complained without going through due process and the university colluded with them by allowing their complaints to stand because the students claimed Lowry made them feel, can you guess, unsafe. In Australia, the fact that 45% of young people presenting to gender clinics are autistic compared to 3% of the general population has raised questions about why young people seek out gender reassignment. And also in Australia, an Australian paedophile who abused two six-year-old boys he was babysitting has been released from prison after claiming a sex change made him less likely to re-offend. Jeffrey Terence Anderson, age 34, who now identifies as a woman after, ta- ta- after taking taxpayer-funded sex change hormones in prison, was jailed in 2008 for his crimes against children. Okay, so, like I said... The main story that I want to focus on today is Brianna Taylor and you may or may not have heard her name. I would like to think that you have heard her name. Um, I've certainly, like, I've seen it pop up a lot on my social media but I know that it very much depends kind of what circles you're in and (sighs) social media is such a bubble, isn't it? Um, So... The reason I want to talk about her is because obviously there's been a huge uprising against racism around the world. Uh, Obviously it focused initially in the US but there have been plenty of protests here in the UK which I think you know it's really important that we are all standing together on this. Um, And the sort of catalyst for these protests was the death which I referenced last time of George Floyd, who was murdered by a police officer and it was caught on film, which I think has made a difference. You know, that's part of the reason why it's, uh, why it has created the backlash that it has, because there can be no denying what has happened there. Um, So the sort of cold-bloodedness of the killing it was quite apparent and you know and it has highlighted for those of us who have the privilege enough to not really have to think about it that often that people of colour are far more likely to end up being killed by police or be victims of some form of police brutality um, but what is interesting And I know that, you know, it's not only his name, um, I've also seen the name of Ahmoud Aubrey, who was um, killed just going out for a jog a few weeks before. So, you know, George Floyd has been the sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, I suppose. But back on the 13th of March, a young black woman called Breonna Taylor was murdered by the police, in her own apartment, and interestingly, for whatever reason, but I think, you know, I'm pretty sure there is misogyny at the root of this, her name has not been nearly as well circulated as that of George Floyd, and actually it's it's a terrible, terrible story, and you know, her name needs to be on the lips of everybody who cares about 
creating an anti-racist society of you know of, of dismantling systemic racism and also dismantling the patriarchy because here's a woman who died and no you know it's maybe not fair to say no one gives a shit but um it certainly has not created the same impact as the death of George Floyd so Breonna Taylor it was the 13th of March it was the small hours of the morning the police had a warrant and they were investigating um drug drug um smuggling drugs being being um dealt by someone who they believed I think was Brianna's ex-boyfriend and they in one report I read they claimed they believed that she had possibly been taking in packages for him so they in the small hours of the morning they bust into her apartment um so she's a 26 year old black woman she uh works in emergency services so like sort of a paramedic I think and she lived with her boyfriend Kenneth Walker and they bust in the middle of the night and they shot her eight times it was the way they entered is called a um no knock warrant so the police claim after the fact that they did knock and that they announced their presence. I mean, in the middle of the night, you're not necessarily going to wake up to someone knocking at your door. It depends. Um, but I, I don't believe they knocked in the first place. Anyway, they're, they're claiming that with hindsight. I'm not sure that's true from what I've read. But they... they they claimed to have knocked and then got no response. What they did do is take a battering ram and batter the door in. Um, which, even if she did have a shitload of drugs in there, still seems like a vast overreaction to me. I mean, thinking about the reasons why you might need to bust someone's door down in an emergency maybe if you thought someone's life was at risk or if you believe this person was literally about to flee the country if they got wind of the fact that you were snooping around I can't see any reason why even if they thought she had an apartment full of drugs they needed to bust into her house at three o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was it just seems it seems completely insane. So they busted him. Um, Walker, her boyfriend, he called the police. There is a 911 call that has been submitted into evidence. So he suspected that, that you know, their house was being broken into and he called the police. Um, he also owned a registered firearm and I'm not gonna get into <laughs> the issues around gun ownership in the US because that's a huge issue and I mean relevant in one sense yes but also maybe not what I need to focus on right now um but he so he had a weapon and he believed that his house was being broken into and he fired I'm not sure who fired first obviously I wasn't there and the investigation is still ongoing. Um, 
He fired. He shot one of three white officers in the leg. Um, He subsequently was arrested for that, but now, interestingly, the charges have been dropped against him. Um, But Brianna Taylor was shot in the crossfire, as it were, eight times. Eight times, and... You know, minutes earlier she'd been in her bed and she died in her hallway having been shot eight times. And again, even if her apartment was full of drugs, which it wasn't, there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't the sign of a single drug in her apartment, uh, you know, that's still not okay. It's not okay to kill someone just because you think they might have some drugs, like... I mean, it's insane, isn't it? And, you know, like I said, I don't want to get into the gun control issues, but that's part of the reason why shots were fired, isn't it? Because police have guns and because um, citizens have guns. If people have guns, they're going to get fired. This wouldn't have happened in this country. I'm not saying that that the UK police aren't racist, because I'm pretty sure they are. Um, And... <clears throat> they may have busted in in the middle of the night without any warning in a really sort of unjustified way. But it's unlikely anyone would have been shot. <laughs> That's neither here nor there, really. Um, but so that is what happened. She, it was a couple of months before her 27th birthday. Um, so... I mean, another report I read actually said that the man that they were look that, that they were looking for this drug dealer, and actually it was someone who lived in her apartment in her apartment block. So, it, one report said it was her ex boyfriend who was possibly involved. Another report said that they were looking for someone who lived in her building but wasn't obviously her. Um, and the incident report that the police later released to. I guess, to the press, because they were, you know, being asked for transparency, basically uh, <laughs> didn't clear anything up at all, um, was primarily blank. So it seems like they're really trying to cover their backs, and they know they were vastly, vastly wrong here. Uh, but... <clears throat> so a lawsuit has been brought against the three officers and the department and it's accusing them of wrongful death, excessive force and gross negligence, which quite frankly, you know, I would have to agree with. Um, This suit alleges that officers fired more than 20 bullets into the apartment and it's it's kind of awful really in that the, the guy with the gun... Kenneth Walker actually was unharmed and Brianna took the full the 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 yeah now there's an interesting statistic that I discovered researching this no knock warrants which are issued by a judge and give law enforcement the authority to enter someone's property without notification have led to the death of at least three African-American women and one girl aged 7 to 92 since 2003. 
So you can see immediately the problem with these no-knock warrants. And researchers who were looking into um, deaths, police-related deaths um, within the African-American community, said that they expect between 2.4 and 5.4 African-American women and girls would be killed by police over the life course per 100,000 at current rates. Now, if you are a black woman, you have a lesser chance of being shot by the police or killed by the police than a, a black man, which I believe is one in a thousand, which is, you know, scarily high. But I think it's very easy to forget the women. Of course it is. Of course it's easy to forget the women. It's always easy to forget the women. Um, and, you know, there was a huge campaign calling for the arrest of the officer who murdered George Floyd. And there's also been a campaign for these officers to be arrested. And, you know, from everything I've read, it seems that, no, there is this lawsuit against them, but and they they have been suspended, they are being investigated, but they haven't been arrested. Um, and I know with the police it's this blurry line between, like, internal affairs and blah, 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 but, I mean, they've killed someone, and they haven't been arrested. What has happened is that this no-knock warrant um, thing, at least in Louisville, which is where Brianna Taylor lived, in Kentucky... Um, they have drafted a bill called Brianna's Bill, which will end no-knock warrants. Because, I mean, they sound so dangerous. Um, the idea you can't just bust in with no announcement, um, particularly in a country where people have guns in their like bedside table. Um, it just seems dangerous all round. Um, so... Yeah, I know, I just, it's like things are happening, but not anywhere near enough, and I just think, you know, the police really need to work extremely hard to dissect what is happening here, and I think we, as people of the world, people who care about the lives of others, um need to think about why this woman's life was, you know, has not been held up in the same way that George Floyd's life was held up. Um, and, and, you know, I just want everyone to know her name, Brianna Taylor, because it's so tragic and it shouldn't have happened. And God, yeah, the police in the States need seriously sorting out. Um, and and I do believe in this country as well. I do believe that, that um, we still have a problem with institutionalised racism. I'd like to think it's not as bad as it once was, but I'm pretty convinced it's still bad. And institutionalised misogyny, you know, both of these things intersect and we do need to think about both of them. So yeah, I just wanted to take 
a moment, more than a moment, to really explore what happened and how her name wasn't on everyone's lips and why that is and how important it is for us to remember her. So I also wanted to briefly touch on, I don't know how brief it will be, <laughs> um, JK Rowling, which, unlike Brianna Taylor, I'm sure, well, for one thing, everyone's heard of JK Rowling in the first place, but I am, I will be so surprised if there's anyone listening to this podcast who has not heard JK Rowling's name in the last two weeks, because she, oh, it just makes me so happy. She has come out with like waving a banner basically for women's rights, for biological reality, and I mean, God, the 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 vitriol, the attacks that she has suffered. I mean, I know, I, you know, it, it's it's interesting, isn't it, how this has progressed because I talked about her a couple of weeks ago, and since then it's just you know she obviously decided fuck it in for a penny in for a pound because she's gone full turf basically um which is brilliant and she has really suffered for it she had to come off of twitter uh she's back now which is fantastic but the tras are literally commenting awful awful things on her tweets to children who've done illustrations of the of the Ichabog. Um because they will stoop that low, as we know. Um, anyway, so if you haven't if you have been living under a rock or you just somehow have, have missed this bit of um really important feminist history, if you like, uh JK Rowling basically tweeted um apropos of almost nothing really after, you know, the, the the incident a couple of weeks ago where she accidentally pasted something into a tweet. She shared an article about menstrual health that talked about uh, people who menstruate and, and was basically like, oh, I'm sure there's, an, there's a word for this. Um, and when the backlash happened, she stood up and said, no, uh, sex is real. Otherwise, there's no same-sex attraction. Sex, you know, my sex has impacted my life and there's no way you can deny that it's real. She then, because obviously, I mean, you can just imagine Twitter went fucking apeshit. And then she wrote a blog post really detailing why, you know, why she feels this way, how much research she's done, why it's important to her personally, including, like, disclosing her history of, of of domestic abuse. And they still, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe then apologised on her behalf to trans people, which is just taking mansplaining to a whole new level. I mean, uh, so the world is divided. A load of trans activists are burning her books and claiming that Daniel Radcliffe wrote them. Because we know they, they like to play fast and loose with the truth. So, you know, it, it's no skin off there. No suddenly pretending she doesn't exist. Seeing as they claim that sex doesn't exist. So, um, 
but yeah, and it's interesting because I have seen some radical feminists be critical of what she said because she was still, I guess, she still was saying things like, I know and love trans people, um, which, and I guess my position on this is that that's all well and good. I would argue that essentially there is no such thing as a trans person. There are people who either have a fetish or who really have effectively body dysmorphia, although it's often, it is more, I guess, a gender dysmorphia, a rejection of gender roles and a feeling of discomfort around those gender roles and they don't know how to, well, the world tells them the way to deal with that is to transition. Um, So I have seen some radical feminists be critical of the fact that she was still suggesting that, you know, there is like true trans, I suppose. Um, And this argument, you know, when it comes to like bathrooms, which is always fucking bathrooms, always bathrooms. Um, But the this argument that, oh no, but we're not saying that trans women per se are all rapists, but if we let the true trans in, then what about all the men who are going to take advantage of this loophole? Um, You know, I see that a lot. And really, I think most of us who are sort of, you know, practice a radical feminist philosophy or are sort of seriously gender critical would say that trans women are men. They're men. Um, they're not trans women. They're, they're just men who have altered their appearance and sometimes their bodies. Um, and she didn't come out and say that. But but then interestingly, I did then see people pointing out the fact that um, she probably does know <laughs> that trans women are men. But by not saying that, she's the argument she expressed is really quite tame and it actually makes it all the worse, the amount of vitriol she experienced and, and all these men, all these men tweeting at her that they can, that she can, you know, that they, they hope she chokes on their cocks and suck my dick and all, you know, all these men saying this who are claiming to be women, it kind of puts it into even more stark contrast, actually, that she hasn't out and out declared them to be men. So I think maybe she's playing a really clever game. Um, Either way, I think there's different ways of, you know, approaching the subject. And I just have the utmost respect for her that she... I mean, you know, I know women constantly get this abuse constantly but actually when you've got how many thousands or millions of people following you um you're gonna get it even more aren't you um so I just I just think it's brilliant and if you want to get in touch with her you can email info at jkrolling.com or you can write to her care of Bloomsbury Publishing PLC, which is 50 Bedford Square, London, WC1B, 3DP, that's obviously 
in England and I'll put both of those in the show notes as well so you don't have to remember them. Um, it's actually her birthday on the 31st of July if anyone wants to send her a card um, but she's received so much hate online so I think you know I've dropped her a note just an email to say thank you and I think it's a great thing to do because yeah <laughs> we know what it's like when you get that barrage of abuse and to have some support really helps to counterbalance that. Okay, so the fun thing I wanted to talk about is obviously Dictionary Corner, and I did say last time that I was going to talk about two-spirit people, and it feels appropriate as well, you know, when we're thinking about Black Lives Matter, we're thinking about people of colour, and then we are thinking about the the way in which something from a specific culture has been appropriated by trans ideology. So... Interestingly, when you look up Two-Spirit on Wikipedia, it is actually really quite clear that it is, uh, you know, something that should not be appropriated. Wikipedia says Two-Spirit is a modern pan-Indian umbrella term used by some indigenous North Americans to describe native people in their communities who fulfil a traditional third gender or other gender variant ceremonial and social role in their cultures. So I thought that's interesting. You know, even Wikipedia is sort of immediately right in there saying this is specific to um, Native American cultures. Um, It says Two-Spirit was not intended to be interchangeable with LGBT Native American or gay Indian. Rather, it was created in English to serve as a pan-Indian unifier to be used for general audiences instead of the traditional terms in indigenous languages for what are actually quite diverse, culturally specific, ceremonial and social roles that can vary quite widely if and when they exist at all. So, you know, (laughs) this this series that I'm doing on on all these labels is about... um, that the letters that you get after LGBTQI, um, and I have seen two S there. Um, but interestingly, you know, it, it does seem that, well, it, it has been co-opted basically, hasn't it? Um, it, and it, it's also, and, and actually, I'm going. I'm going to now talk. Um, there's a really, really good article on this, um, and the website address is culturallyboundgender.wordpress.com. And I will again. The show notes are going to be fucking rammed this week, but I'm going to put this link in the show notes because I'm going to refer to it. Um, but read the article because it's going to be much better than anything that I can say. But I want to just read these couple of paragraphs from it. And it says, I have a special kind of rage for any white person who claims to identify as a two-spirit person. It's like wearing a hipster headdress. It proclaims loud and clear that you're a white person who likes to appropriate American Indian culture while having little or nothing to do with the culture you're appropriating. The version of this that's less enraging but more prevalent is the white trans person who points to American Indian cultures as some kind of more accepting place for people with dysphoria or gender identity disorder because many of these cultures had a third gender. 
This represents a misunderstanding of what precisely being two-spirit meant, culturally, economically and socially, for many two-spirit people, and also represents a very limiting, naive, all-these-people-look-the-same-to-me view of American Indian nations. So I think that's really, really important. And, and actually, what I'd say is most prevalent is people, trans people saying, well, trans people have existed in, in some cultures for like thousands of years, look at the two-spirit people of North America. And, you know, I really think that's where um, the problem really lies. It's held up as this, like, of course what we are doing, what we're saying about ourselves is, is valid because this. So this um, article, like I said, which I'll link, um, goes on to talk about how you can't, like, all the different Native American gr groups or their nations can't, obviously, obviously can't all be lumped together. Um, interestingly, what the writer, and I don't know if this is a male or female writer, actually, but what the writer goes on to say is, oh, Deirdre Bell, okay, she's presumably a woman. Um, what she goes on to say is that this two-spirit concept is one, mostly found in cultures, in First um, Nations groups that are basically really patriarchal. You know, I think trans people hold up this two-spirit thing as like, look how, you know, open-minded these groups these cultures were and actually it tends to be in really patriarchal cultures where men basically gay men I guess but or just men who are more quote-unquote effeminate are not really accepted and so therefore there needed to be um this third gender to kind of make these men somehow acceptable um they didn't believe they were a different sex, they fully understood, you know, that male and female exists, um, but this, this two-spirit thing allowed for these gender non-conforming men, basically, to just live a slightly better life, although I think they still had kind of shitty roles, <laughs> like, it's not like it's this amazingly open-minded culture where, like, every, anything goes, and you know, trans people can just live their lives. That's not, that's not at all what is described in this article, you know, and, um, and yeah, it's not surprising at all that trans ideology is going to co-opt and, and appropriate <laughs> things from other cultures to, to try and, uh, further their cause because ultimately they, you know, they can't find the right words. They can't, um, justify what they're doing and what they're saying and all of these things. So, yeah, why not just co-opt and appropriate another culture's idea of, of something and, and, and then completely misunderstand it as well. Um, so, yeah, if you, um, if you see, <laughs> see people claiming to be two-spirit, you know, um, maybe read this article, maybe challenge them on it, because it, it, yeah, 
it's not what they think it is. And it's not that these particular cultures were just super, super accepting. And in fact, what is expressed in this article is the fact that the more accepting cultures, obviously, were the ones where it's less patriarchal, where it's less... Um, where they're less divided into two um, gender roles. Um, you know, two-spirit isn't needed there because women can learn to hunt and men can, you know, help with the cooking or whatever. Like, you know, the, and those sound like ridiculous stereotypes, but that, that's exactly the kind of thing that um, the two-spirit was created to kind of protect, I suppose. Um and, you know, I could go into this in a lot more depth. It's really interesting once you start reading into it. And I find, you know, um, sort of anthropology really interesting. But, yeah. Basically, TRAs need to stop appropriating other cultures or holding them up as some proof that trans people really exist. <laughs> Ultimately. Um, and, yeah. That's my thoughts on that, really. Um, what a surprise that white people are appropriating a culture that is not theirs so thanks so much for listening hopefully it won't be so long between this podcast and the next one um, I'm going to try and keep up some kind of vague rhythm but I think really just going to have to watch the socials and just keep checking wherever you get your podcasts from don't forget to rate and review the podcast um it's really really helpful if you can drop a review or just give me some stars just it creates more visibility for the podcast and means more people get to hear it so that's always a great thing don't forget you can also share it you can follow me on twitter and facebook at ahfpod and you can drop me an email i love hearing from you ahfpod at gmail.com Thank you to Toes and Davian for the music. My name is Ellie Ellis and I am an adult human female.